Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 222 of A Wild Podcast has appeared, the official Pokemon podcast of comicbook.com. I am one of your hosts, Jim Biscardi, joined today back from very far away, Christian Hoffer. Yes, yes, I and only just recovered from the jet lag, too. Uh, We're expecting a show with all three of us. Well, you're just going to have to wait. Megan actually had an interview that she uh could not move around during this time so she'll be back next week maybe all three of us will be here we'll see who knows who knows at this point it's i'm not going anywhere for the rest of the year so (laughs) it's true we did try and send christian to prague but he's like well i ran out of vacation days (laughs) literally like (laughs) like my, my wife was like why not just make it a working vacation and just see if you can squeeze in eight hours of work i'm like what would be the point of just going to Prague if I'm just, you know, bringing my work laptop and my, you know, and trying to do interviews? I was like, oh, man, like, I can't make it work. I can't make it work. Who did we end up sending to Prague? Did we end up sending someone? Uh, Brandon's going. Oh, good for Brandon. Did now I can't remember. Were you were you on the show when I pulled the other Charizard card? No. Did you I get pulled? The- I, pulled no, I mean, not this fancy one, but that one. No, uh, no, I yeah, wasn't yeah. around for that. Yeah. I got two Charizard cards out of one box. Nice. I mean, they're the only card that anyone cares about in that set. Like, I mean, sure. But it feels it? like the run rate, uh, the print rate on the gold one feels mm-hmm. really high. It well, th- So there's only three golds in the entire set. So that's oh. why. So because there's only three golds. You know, everyone I know the, has one now. And I'm like, well, that's not special. Yeah, the, the prices for that you know dropped really the only card that's even anywhere close to holding its value is the the secret illustration where charizard um everything else is just oh wow even that's come down quite a bit yeah well, i mean still a hundred bucks i mean that was a four hundred dollar card a week ago well i mean then then people realized that it was a very overprinted set and there's not actually, a lot of value in there i may actually pick one up because like i said like i really like that's a really nice looking card. It is a nice looking card. Yeah. No, I'm I'm excited to, you know, get my hands oh, on it. I'm eventually. about to slide into everyone's best offers and offer 60 bucks. And, you know, I'll probably you know, get it. Probably. It's cheaper I mean, than the so, whole There's card so right many available. There are. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, I think the price is going to drop down on those because, you know, like I said, I think Obsidian Flames is going to be... Um, Wait, is there a version of the gold card on a white background? That's the full art card. So there are a total of four Charizard cards in this oh. set. Oh! So the so here's the thing about this um, uh, Obsidian Flames. Is oh, that usually, gold card is like 30 bucks. Yeah. Uh, usually, most English slash international Pokemon card sets are a combination of two full um, Japanese sets. Japanese sets. Because the Japanese sets only come with six cards and you're only guaranteed one uncommon or better in those sets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but not back with, in the day. Back in the day, you were guaranteed a foil in every pack. Yeah. Yeah. That's no longer the case in Japan. Um, uh, I think you're still guaranteed a reverse hollow foil. Um, I have so many. I have so many base set foil cards that are in Japanese. Not even funny. <laughs> um, but now, now, um, what they uh, uh, for Obsidian Flames, what happened was is uh, a few months ago, like a couple of months ago, they released a bunch of starter decks um, mm. that are basically just like you know sixty card packs. Uh, featuring one EX card of a various p- popular Pokemon and, you know, a pre-constructed deck, um, similar to the starter decks that we have over here. Right. And so, you know, but they're all unique cards. And so the Pokemon company is like, well, we need to put these out somewhere. Um, and so they threw all those cards into um, Obsidian Flames, which is why, like, Obsidian's Flames feels very much like a fluff set because it has a bunch of starter deck cards where those cards aren't like very viable competitively. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's only like, you know, it's a relatively small set in the grand scheme of things. Um, But we won't get a new real set until Paradox comes, the Paradox Rift comes out in November, which we'll talk about. Damn. Nice. All right. Well, let's get to some of the news. Uh, Pokemon Go Fest is global this weekend. 
Yeah. So after uh, three weeks of um, the in-person GoFests, uh, which happened in London, Osaka, and New York, and there were mm-hmm. people who attended like all three, which is ridiculous. I don't. That's, ridiculous. that's a lot. Um, they um, are now doing the global this weekend, so you need to, um, uh, you know, so Pokemon Go Fest Global um, will uh, get a bunch of Pokemon that are appearing in the wild, um, Pokemon that appear in raids, and if you um, get the um, ticket, let me see. So if you get the ticket, you get Mega Deancey. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you get special incense encounter that includes Hisu and Growlithe, a bunch of unknowns, and um, like uh, exclusive Pokemon like Parach- uh, uh, Pachirisu, which is a little squirrel, and Carnivine, which those are both um, uh, which we'll call it regional exclusives. Um, so it's a 15 bucks for Deontay, uh, Pachirisu, a bunch of unknowns. Um, and that's about it. I think I want to say that, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, if, uh, yeah. So yeah, so you need the ticket in order to get the, get the regional exclusives. But even if you don't have a ticket, you get a, um, Pikachu that's wearing a little crown. Uh, and there's four different Pikachu wearing crowns. That's a different Pikachu. Yeah, it's a different color crown per, um, you know, how they have like the biomes, the special mm-hmm. biomes. Um, so yeah. And Parachu is north of, is north. Yeah. It's Canadian. Yeah. Canadian. And yeah. Car- and Carnivine is like the, you know, Carol, North Carolina. Basically. Southeast. Yeah. yeah. Um, and huh. also Snorlax with a hat. Oh, we do love that. So a buddy of mine got like a, um, a Shundo Rayquaza this past weekend. And I was like, like, what the heck? Yeah. Uh, did, did they get So I'm assuming they went to actually went to the, they were in New York. Yeah. 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 So the cool cool thing about those in-person go fest was, you know how usually like the backgrounds are like based on what their typing is. Oh yeah. The ones that you caught at go fest, New York actually had New York city as the background. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It was actually, that was actually pretty, uh, I like that. All right. Well, that's Pokemon Go Fest. Yeah. So it seems to be like it's going off pretty much. Like, usually there's like big drama around these. And for the last couple, for the last, you know, the ones prior to New York and even with New York, haven't really been any, any brouhaha's. No, no. I, 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 everything I've seen has been pretty smooth. I want to say there was a little bit of like, like network issues at London, but nothing significant. Yeah. All right, moving on. Pokemon will likely reveal a new Sinistee Convergent Pokemon. Yeah, tomorrow. yeah. So if you're tomorrow, listening to this, tomorrow is Tuesday. Yeah, so they've started teasing this. So this this tease actually started um, uh, the this started uh, back when you know when we were in Japan, actually. Oh. Um, so. Um, We'll talk more about this in the second half of the show. But people like the media and influencers that attended um, the Pokemon Pokemon Worlds got a traditional Japanese tea set um, mm. that had like t- uh, tomorrow's date on it. Um, oh, I got uh, <laughs> Joe got the box in Japan. No, Joe didn't get the box in Japan. We all got the box in Japan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joe was just the very first one to get his hands on it. And post it immediately, like in front of the rest of us, where we're like, way to go, Joe. Way to be first. Um, um, but anyway, so there was a tea set that uh, came in it. And we actually all sat through a traditional tea ceremony as well. Um, oh. But uh, it was heavily hinted that this would be a new Pokemon. Now, if you've been paying attention to the leaks, it will likely be a grass ghost type uh, convergent evolution of Sinistee and... Um, uh, Poltegeist um, that is based on traditional Japanese uh, tea uh, as opposed to English tea. Uh, so hmm. this will be a convergent. So it's not the same. It's not a regional variant. It is a convergent species, which means it's technically uh, different. Um, so that is what is what 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 is likely going to get revealed tomorrow. And they have hinted even more strongly at today. If you take a look at Pokemon's. Um, 
uh, if, if you take a look at the Pokemon social media, you will actually see uh, a selfie. Uh, they, they, they posted a photo of, uh, oh, let me take a selfie. And in the background are various traditional Japanese tea implements like in the background of that image um, mm-hmm. of the tweet. Uh, so that is that is what is going on. Um, so, yeah, that will probably get revealed at like 9 a.m. So. Nice. Be prepared. All right. Um, there is also a, oh, what the heck was I, I just had it up and I forgot cause we were talking about, um, oh, there it is. Uh, the, the, I was talking about convert, uh, convergence Pokemon. I wanted to talk about, uh, jumping back to the trading card game for a second that we are, well, I guess we're about to talk about it right here in a sec, but, um, like I said, never mind. Let's just go to Paradox Rift. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the other thing uh, they got revealed um, is uh, Paradox Rift officially got revealed on Friday. Uh, yeah. This will be the first set that uh, introduces the like future and ancient uh, labels on various Paradox Pokemon cards. Um, so this will probably be like one of the dominant mechanics of the Pokemon TCG um, over the Pat, you know, over the next few years, as mm-hmm. we've seen that, like Fusion Strike, you know, f- you know, a Fusion Strike set deck won Worlds uh, this year. So, um, chances are, this is they they realized how popular Battle Styles was, and will, um, you know, basically are replicating it with this future and ancient uh, Paradox line. So it comes out in November. Um, the interesting thing is, it will have two Elite Trainer boxes. Um, one of which will have, uh, you know, while I think it has Roaring Moon on it, the exclusive card is Screamtail, and the other one is Iron Valiant. What was the last set that had two? Uh, Scarlet and Violet. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, so not too far. Not too yeah. far um, nice. Well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, Comrade DBD in the chat said, uh, commenting on the synesty thing doing uh, variants of last gen is a choice. Um, I would more than likely agree if it was on like a lame Pokemon, but doing it on synesty and doing it the way that they're, they're, they're doing it. Like that feels like a fun one that you can do actually do variations on, right? Like there's, there's not a lot of Pokemon that you can do that type of variation stuff on. And so, and Sinistee was such a fan favorite anyway that like Yeah, well and I think I think it. it's interesting how they did Sinistee Boba regional form. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that's like the thing is like I think that how they they you know I I, I like the focus on newer Pokemon. Um yeah. because you know I feel like you know too often everyone just focuses on like the Gen 1 Pokemon. I mean, you look at sure. Wiglet, you know, and you look at um like Toad's uh Toad's cool. Um, and I mean, both of those are neat Pokemon, but it's another instance of conforming to, you know, basically putting a spotlight on Gen 1 Pokemon. Um, and I feel like um, a lot of stuff, um, you know. I mean, so look, I, this opens the door for, for you know, like, like an espresso uh, version of, of Sinistee. Yeah, we could get uh, a coffee Sinistee. Get a coffee. Uh, we could get... Um, you know, there's there's lots of different types of tea. If we do India as the next generation, they could like just do. They could just do uh, like, like instead of tea, like, it would be like the first coffee one would be just like a North American variant. It would just like you would just spell it how a New Yorker says it, like C A W F E E coffee. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm surprised that we haven't gotten like a coughing where instead yeah. of coughing, it's just coffee, and it's like a coughing, but it's in a teacup. Um, I'm surprised yeah. we haven't gotten that yet. Um, the speaking of like uh, just like variants and stuff, you know the uh, Pokemon I'm surprised has not gotten like different changes. Please, Magikarp. I know it's a Gen One one, but like Magikarp feels like one that. So it was rumored that originally Magikarp, like apparently, if you do it, if you look in the data mine of Scarlet uh-huh. and Violet apparently Magikarp was originally going to be a convergent species and they swapped it out, I think for toad school. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. God, I hate Toad's Cool so much. And like, I love, I love Tentacle and Tentacruel. Mm-hmm. I hate Toad's Cool it's, so much. It, it's a weird Pokemon. And I was kind of surprised to see, like, it was kind of like featured at Yokohama, which I thought was kind of interesting. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Like, it was on the, um, it was on the art for like Yokohama. Um, it was like one of the Pokemon that was running. Um, oh. And I thought that was a, a, an interesting, uh, an interesting thing. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, um, I didn't catch Toad School until like really late in Scarlet and Violet. So I, you know, doesn't really impact me. Um, I was like, I don't really have any opinions of it on it. Yeah. Um, like I, I do, know. I have opinions on Wiglet. But I don't. Oh, Toadscrew was in someone's Elite Four team. Jeez. Wow, that's that's some real devotion. No, but uh, yeah, I think that I think that's really it's been a kind of a slowish slowish news week. I think like the only other like real bit of news that we may have missed was like some corrections officer getting arrested for stealing some Pokemon cards and like not even a lot of Pokemon cards. It was like, like two hundred dollars. You know, yeah, like, that's, that's what I mean. Like, like it, <laughs> if you're gonna get caught that, doing something, steal something worth something. That that is not even uh, like the biggest like theft to occur in the trading card game space this month. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, we had we had two dudes. Have you be, uh, like did did you follow up? Did you hear about the whole Gen Con story, the Gen Con theft, and like the follow up to it? But that they were just all magic cards? No, no. So somebody stole. Yeah. So uh, uh, people. Someone thought they were stealing Lorcana, but they were. No, no, no. They were going after the magic cards because those. Oh, are- they were. Oh, yeah. Those those sets are like three hundred bucks a box. They knew what they were doing. Oh. Um. So they were trying to. They were. They stole a bunch of um commander master uh cards. Um. But the p- people of interest. You know, we can't, you know, the, the, the people who they are seeking out in connection to this crime, uh, the, the, they're game designers. They're, there would be game oh, designers. Wow. What is even more hilarious is that the photos that they have of these two gentlemen taking the cards from Gen Con, one of them is wearing a t shirt promoting one of the games that he designed. <laughs> yeah yeah oh boy um, what's your uh, we're gonna take a, a very quick lorcana detour for a second just because yeah. most everyone here if you're cl- into the pokemon trading card game space you you understand and know what the lorcana Lorcana's new disney trading card game whatever mm-hmm. um man it's interesting watching the rollout happen here and just kind of and compare it to some of the stuff that we see go on in in the pokemon world right in in that I almost wonder, right? Like, so, so the, the TLDR on it is just like, there's a bunch of cards going for in stupid, insane amounts of money, right? Uh, just create, but, but Christian, correct me if I'm wrong. That's mainly because it's not widely available yet. Right? I mean, it it's not, so it is widely. So it only just officially came out this week. Right. Um, oh, okay. and so there, I thought this was like, I thought this weekend was pre-release. No, no, this weekend was the official release. Um, it hasn't yet to they they gave uh hobby stores a two weeks exclusivity window uh, okay. and of course hobby That's stores they're you know this this is I, I, okay here's one of my issues with like niche hobby store industries comic stores and hobby stores sure and game they stores are, and every, they every, are every kind of hobby has stores like this yeah they, well and it, it it drives me nuts because you get your you get you know you, you get your stores, which are just like, you know, like, yeah, you know, yeah, we're going to sell stuff at you know sure. the price that they're supposed to be. And then you get those guys who won and they're always the ones who complain about everything. Oh, I didn't get enough cards. Oh, I didn't get enough comics. Oh, diamond, you know, like, you know, one of the boxes was slightly nicked and, you know, therefore this entire, you know, blah, blah, blah. They whine and moan about everything. And then they sell a pack of Lorcana cards for 15 bucks. Um, and it's like watching how many stores are participating in the price gouging. 
Um, it's one like, you know, if I were Ravensburger, I would be taking them off the list for next time because it's ugly. It's gross. It really bugs me. I had a local game store who's like, oh, yeah, we're getting stock in. So I had them put some aside for me. And then they wanted to charge me 130 bucks for it. <laughs> I was not happy. Um, I was I was so annoyed. Um, and it's just like, you know, and the, there's a couple of things, you know, and I, I say this, uh, and here's, here's the thing, like one, the market is going to drop because apparently, you know, you know, Best Buy is getting these cards. Target is getting these cards. Walmart is getting these cards. Amazon's allegedly getting these cards. I don't know actually if Amazon's getting the cards or not, but I know that other big retailers are getting the cards here in a couple of weeks. So the price is going to drop eventually uh so that's one uh two uh most of the game stores are getting a second wave of shipments here in september and it's just like man it is just really gross to watch like the the rollout it's like and i feel bad because you know i like lorcana it's a cool game uh mm -hmm. it's fun i think it should have legs in the industry um but you know the the industry is not doing it any sort of favors because it's hard to get your hands on it, and um, people are just being gross about it. And it's a game that's about Disney, and it's just like gross. It just really freaking grosses me out. Yeah, you know, um, it's just it's it's interesting because, like I said, like we we've, we've seen very similar things in you know in the trading card game space. So much so, we're like at a point during COVID, like you had to go to a store, and stores were locking. It, all kinds of trading cards, not just Pokemon cards, sports cards, etc. Like yeah. behind glass counters, right? Like, so I, I have, and that's the problem. I have no doubt that if I go to Target on September first, um, mm -hmm. that you know, if I go over there and to see if, if the cards are available, th I, there will probably be some shady people trying to pick oh, them I'm up sure. so they can flip them. And you know, I wouldn't surprise me if some of those shady people own game stores um mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I i mean my opinion of like the local board game industry <laughs> has really been hurt by all of this i'm just like you know what maybe maybe i will not be like loyal to small businesses because small businesses um they suck just as bad as big businesses <laughs> i'm just like hmm mm -mm 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 -mm. not happy all right, we're going to take a break, and when we get back, we are going to talk through Christian's adventures in Japan. All that and more when we're back in 60 seconds. Oh, okay. Christian. Yes. You did Japan. I you did. Worlds. For a this is not your first worlds. What was that? This is not your first worlds. It is not. But this one clearly probably the biggest. It was probably the biggest, and it will probably be the biggest that I will ever ever attend. I do not think that this is going to keep like escalating and getting more and more grandiose. I think that the Japan one was a particular like let's blow everything out of the water because we're back in Japan sort of thing, and they're. You know, I, 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 it would be surprising if they do something like this again in Honolulu. Um, let's put yeah. it that way. Right. Well, and I think that was like Megan and I were talking about just like the, the sheer scope, like just even as someone looking they, around, like just like from afar, looking what was going on was just they legitimately wild. took over Yokohama. Like, and Yokohama is not a small city, by the no. way. No. Like, it is, it is a, like, so. Just to give you an idea, so at London, okay, at London Worlds, uh, so the Excel Center, which is like a big, you know, London's big convention center, and it's huge, like it is a massive convention center, and there's like a little area that's all around it. All that was decked out in Pokemon stuff, okay? And if you went down a little bit, uh, there is like a, it's, uh, I forget exactly um, what the, it's called like the air, it's like basically like, um, not like a ski lift, but like um, like a sky way sort of thing. 
Um, and so those are a little ways away, and those were all wrapped in Pokemon stuff. But mm. for the most part, besides those things, you know, like all of London was not like decked out in Pokemon stuff. Now, mm. London is a bigger city than Yokohama. Like Yokohama sure. is like um, it's it's a large city, um, but you know it's part of like the Greater Tokyo Metro. Um, but um, for reference, like you know, all of Yokohama was decked out in Pokemon stuff. So, like, you went anywhere. You could not go a block without seeing, like, Pokemon stuff, especially in, like, the more trafficked areas. So not only was the air, like, the entire, like, coastline of Yokohama, like, the entire Yokohama Bay area had all sorts of Pokemon stuff attached to it. Like, you know, the malls had Pokemon stuff. Like, random streets had Pokemon stuff. And it's, like, everywhere you went, and there were, like, massive lines for everything. Like, and everything was sold out, too. Um, and this was, this kind of drives into something that I, I will eventually write about when I have, like, the time about it. Like, the interest in Pokemon was so high in Japan. And I think it's like this everywhere. Mm -hmm. But, like... Even, like people came to Yokohama just to experience Pokemon Worlds, despite the fact that everything had been sold out for two months. Like you couldn't get into any of like the events, like none of the live shows, none of the festivals. Uh, you know, other than a few like free pop up parades, and um, that that was like the only Pokemon thing you could do. And people still came. It was mm. it was just wild. It was absolutely ridiculous. Just how much the 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 city had been taken over by Pokemon. And it's like, you know, uh, one of the cool things was Yokohama has this like massive Ferris wheel. That's like, you know, like a centerpiece of their skyline. So, I mean, it's like skyscraper tall. Um, and it like has all these led lights and it glows and like it, you know, it has animations that go at night. And like that was Pokemon. Um, it, it was just, it was just enormous. Like the whole thing was just wild. Um, so I don't think they will ever do something that big again, um, simply because uh, from what I understand, the coordinating all of this was like a, <laughs> a lot. Um, but really? um, and also, you know, there was a, obviously a level of buy in from the city of Yokohama that I don't think you'd get like in like U.S. cities. I don't think like Chicago would be like, oh, yes, let's, you know you know, do red and white on the Sears tower or whatever we're calling the Sears tower nowadays to celebrate the Pokemon franchise. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think you'll see something like that elsewhere, but I think that the desire to do Pokemon things, uh, outside of just like the esport aspect mm -hmm. of it is going to continue to grow. People want yeah. to watch Pikachu parades. They want to do this stuff and you could really yeah. see it in Yokohama. Uh, Zenpai asked a good question. Did you see a lot of people playing Pokemon Go? Uh, a fair amount. Uh, every time I opened up the app, um, unless it was the middle of the night, uh, everything was like, uh, uh, like incensed up. Like I mm -hmm. wouldn't say it was like, you know, massive, but you know, like in a lot of like the public spaces and stuff, usually I'd see a few people playing Pokemon Go. Uh, so it was, it was good. Um, what were, so then what were some of the, did you get to do the go on that ship? Yes. Yes, I did. I actually, it was really funny. Um, Why didn't so, they just call it the SSN? Like the uh, opportunity was right there. Uh, well, for one thing, it's because it's not called the SSN in the Japanese game. I, oh. for, let me see what's called. Um, uh, I forget what it's called over in Japan. Um, uh, it's called the St. Anu. Um, so it would have been close. Um, uh, but, um, you know, I mean, it has Nippon Maru and it's a functioning cruise ship. That's part of the reason why, um, it's, it's a functioning cruise ship. Yeah. Uh, it almost took as much time to get onto the, uh, cruise ship as we spent in the cruise ship. Oh, but, really? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like we had to go through basically the equivalent like we had to do like a like it was as if we were boarding the cruise ship for real so we had like bag check go through security you had to turn in a uh some form of id um mm. before you entered um and then it was like seven floors of pokemon 
like play activities. So um, it was really fun. Um, was it crowded? Like, was uh, it-, it was like it wasn't massively crowded when we got there, but we got there at like 930 in the morning and it was definitely getting more crowded as we went. Mm. So you had a passport that you could get stamps on. There was no prizes or anything attached to it. It was just like, here's your ticket. And you got very, and they had various Pokemon stamps scattered throughout. They had a few trash cans where if you opened them up, they would say like, oh, there's only trash here. Or you found the great ball or something like that, which Mm -hmm. is kind of like from Pokemon Pride and Blue. And there were multiple play areas. So you could play the trading card game, uh, Scarlet and Bite, but you had to bring your own stuff. Um, sure. So I didn't bring my switch with me, so it was kind of useless. Um, uh, like okay. one of the people I was traveling with actually brought his Pokemon cards and got to play um, uh, a game of the Pokemon Train card game. It was really funny because they played somebody who used a Mr. Mime deck, <laughs> and they were like, "Why are we? What? What? What is happening here?" And the guy was like, "I freaking love Mr. Mime." <laughs> and that was like, he's like, "Yeah, I built a deck around Mr. Mime because he's my favorite Pokemon." Um, and he was like, Mr. Mime's such a hero. Um, but what I did do was I went and bought a uh, Paldea Evolved uh, card pack earlier in the week. And I opened it on the ship and I actually got a Coquavel EX Secret Illustration Rare. And so I sat down and I traded it with somebody on the ship uh, for uh, a Mew card, like the Mew Trainer Gallery card where it's like oh, Mew cool. sleeping. Yeah. Uh, so I got that for my kid. And he, um, but while we were like trading, um, while, while we were trading for it, you know, like a big crowd gathered. And so like all these people uh, and like, you know, it was like a mix of different nationalities. So a lot of people were trying to trade Japanese cards with me um, and stuff like that. And even though they, they, they wanted just like the, the un, like the commons and uncommons that I got from that pack too. And they were, were offering trades. So that was pretty neat. That was a pretty cool moment. Nice. Um, but yeah, um, go ahead. Well, so okay, so so that so then what we're and I'm, we'll talk about the more the like outside activity stuff, and then we'll talk to the, the talk about the actual you know thing mm-hmm. itself. Uh, you got to do the Pokemon Center. What was t- tell me? Let we me live vicariously multiple, through your retelling of that. Multiple Pokemon Centers. Um, so we multiple. Went, yeah, so we went to the there, we went to the Pokemon Center at Shibuya. We went to the Pokemon Center in. Oh, I forget where what the mall is. It's a different Tokyo mall. Um, and um, it had a Pokemon Suites uh, on the same floor, um, which was pretty cool. Um, and uh, we went to the Pokemon Pop-Up Center in Yokohama. Uh, so there's a total of three of them that we went to. Um, the two Pokemon Center, the Pokemon Center in Shibuya was a little bit of a disappointment. It's pretty small. Um and uh, the coolest thing they have is they have a thing called Pokemon Design Lab, which you can custom make Pokemon T-shirts. Oh. And so you design your Pokemon T-shirt and it takes an hour for them to make it. Um, but like we saw so many people with those Pokemon Design Lab shirts like all throughout Japan. It was pretty interesting. Um, interesting. Uh, the Pokemon Center in Japan uh, at, the, at Worlds was massive. Uh, mm. Once again, it was ticketed. So unless you bought a ticket or like you applied for a ticket in advance, you could not get in. They had like a two hour window, which was like basically like, here's your chance to stand in line. Um, uh, they it was pretty cool. They had a ton of they had a lot more exclusive merchandise than they had at London. Um, they were really selling the Pokemon sit plushes. Like that was like the big plushes that they were oh, selling. The, so like there wasn't the sit, the sit and cuties. Yeah. Yeah, they're called Pokemon oh, yeah. Sit over in Japan. Um, oh, so they they had all Geodude of them. I would have had you get it for me. Which one did you want? The Geodude. Oh. It's, it's unavailable on Pokemon Center. Yeah, no, they, they literally had all of them. It might be available now because I think now that Worlds is done, I saw that they did a restock. Um, give me a second. Hello. Nope, still sold out. Um uh. But uh, so they had the plushes. They had a ton of mer- uh, world's uh, merchandise, like so much more exclusive merchandise. Um, like, and they had, we got a lot of it via the goodie bag, which was nice sure. because I didn't need to pay for it. You get the uh, Pikachu ramen. Uh, I did get this. That was, I did get the Pikachu ramen plushie. 
Um, they gave us the bento box, the lunch box, the backpack, which was pretty neat. And it was really hilarious because I went and bought a Mimikyu backpack at the Pokemon Center because I realized I really needed a backpack when I travel, you know, as I walked around. Um, and then they gave me the Yokohama backpack like six hours later. I'm like, oh, well, oh nice. that, was a, that was $80 that I did. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Um, uh, but um, yeah, the, the, the goodie bag they gave us was ridiculous and like the best possible way. Okay. Um, they, um, uh, I ended up getting like I bought a ton of plushes for the kids um and i'm trying to think what else got a few t-shirts they had a really cool one of the interesting things was they had not only did they have like the world's stuff they also had like a separate like yokohama line which was all about like lapras and the sea and stuff like that so i had like a button down lapras shirt that i bought mm. there um which was which was neat and i went and did um but yeah that pokemon center was huge uh, i i feel like the London one might have been like a little bit more extravagant than the ja uh, Japanese one. Like, um, but it was still like really cool. Like, sure. Obviously. Um, All right. Um, well, let's talk through the thing itself. Okay. So Pokemon worlds. Uh, so, uh, you know, this one was only three days. Uh, there was a little bit of controversy there, which was really interesting to see it play out um, because they started banning people at worlds um for using oh yeah we had we had that whole big conversation about i mean i see it both ways on it i thought it was kind of funny that they only started enforcing that at worlds which i thought was a little bit unfair well that I mean, that was basically the 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 big takeaway where it's like if you're like how does someone get to that point and you not realize and like the pokemon oh no they like, realized it. they improved the the, right. the hack check they they found a better way of doing the hack check yeah. Um, which was cool. Uh, I mean, it, I, I, I honestly think it's a it's a good thing, like because because the problem is, is that the mod, the 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 people who do this, like the save mods and stuff like that to quickly yeah. build up their Pokemon, um, it really creates this like two tier, a two tier system because you have your people who try to build their team on their own. Mm -hmm. And then you have the people who just instantly put it in and focus their time on learning the strategies and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, I, I feel like that is one of the reasons why there is a little bit less um, ingenuity in the VGC than there was in the past. Like, you know, in two yeah. of the three VGC final matches, we basically had like variants of teams and like the yeah. one guy, you know, and like the two who didn't, in the Masters League, the dude who brought some unusual Pokemon just got like wrecked, just absolutely <laughs> freaking wrecked. Um, although in the um, Seniors League, um, like the the kid brought a Sylveon and a Zapdos instead of like mm -hmm. the usual Pokemon, that, instead of like a Thunderous and a um, a um, the mischievous only Paradox. Mm -hmm. um, I for uh, like the I forget what her name is. Um, but, uh, he brought those and just like the, the other kid just didn't know what to do. And so, but more was just like, he would like throw out one of his Pokemon and he would, he knew what the other team was going to switch into. And mm. so he would basically line up the moves perfectly. He just knew what people were going to do out of that. Um, right. um, so I'm now I'm trying to. Paradox version of Well, that's why I mean that was basically what Megan and I were talking what about I mean. last week. In that, like, that's what makes the VGC less compelling because everyone basically has the same team, and it's a matter of like who can get their hits off first. Yeah. Than anything else, where like, especially with 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 Gen Pokemon, right? Um, where like. You know, I would much rather someone do the grind to put their team together and like that's the team that they're going to try and win with no matter what. Right. Like obviously yeah. taking advantage of the different metas and, and you know, the abilities and whatever, but still right? like you're, you're bound to see some overlap. Right. Like 
you know, back in when Pokemon first came out, like everyone had Charizard on, on their team. Yeah. It didn't matter, right? Like whether well, whether he fit on your team or not, everyone had Charizard kind of thing. The, or the like thing with, that or was, Dragonite to use Hyper Beam over and over and over and over and over again. The thing that was disappointing about it was was that for this round, they it was basically uh, for this, this year's rule set was no Mirrodon, no Corridon, and there's like one other Pokemon that I think was banned. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, they allowed all the legendaries that you can bring in from Pokemon Home. So mm-hmm. it would have been a lot cooler if it was only Paldean Pokemon. But yeah. instead, you had stuff like Urshifu, and you mm-hmm. had stuff like Thunderous. And, you know, you had Pokemon that aren't available in Scarlet and Violet, but still right. played a heavy role in the metagame and that that's a little frustrating yeah. um so that that's kind of like was the obnoxious thing about about that um the tcg was interesting in that you know uh it basically came down to there's three really dominant decks and all three of them you know uh could have won it and it ended up basically the Mew deck won it because the match went to time. Mm. And so when you get to time, you have to, it's whoever has the most prizes in three rounds. And because of the nature of the Mew deck, because the Mew deck basically comes out in a hurry mm-hmm. while the Gardevoir deck basically is a come from behind deck where it, it, right. it it's a slower build and it, plays well so that you go into the hole early and then you come back and hit harder. Um, but because of the nature of the Gardevoir deck, you know, the, the Mew deck really won. Um, so right. um, that, that was really interesting to see uh, like the TCG play out. Um, that was pretty cool. And then Pokemon Unite, you know, the, the big story was uh, Luminosity who won last year as Blackhand. Mm-hmm. Um just dominated. It was just yeah. an absolute like th- once they got into the knockout round, they didn't lose a match. Mm. And like they, you know, um how the Pokemon Unite tournament works is, you know, this year it was a lot better of a format because it was draft um right. and with bands. So, um like, you know, La- Lapras and Hoopa were the two Pokemon that were most commonly banned. Um and like the uh, Luminosity you know, in the uh, in the first two games, so it was best style five, and it was a double elimination. So if they would have lost the first best style five, they would have done another best of five. Mm. Um, but in that match, the first two matches basically came down to in the first match until uh, they had a big fight around the Rayquaza or Ray- Rayquaza, and uh, Antillian, like the one of the black hand players, I keep calling them black hand. They're called Luminosity now. Uh, luminosity players just like sat there with an Antillian and just waited and and like then with a normal attack like one of the auto attacks mm-hmm. took out Rayquaza and like secured the win and mm-hmm. then the second time the Antillian did it again but th- with like a, one of its snipe shots and oh, I was wow. like geez and the third game I don't think the other team scored like I, I think like going into the seven minute mark they had scored like five points total. It was like, <laughs> um, nice. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna go. We'll obviously go a little over today if you've got the time. Do you have to yeah. run or do yeah. we need to end on time? Uh, tell us about some of the. I mean, you you also got to do some big interviews and uh, yeah. I was giving you a bunch of a bunch of crap earlier that you didn't listen to last week's show, but I'll say it here to your face so you're not like what the hell. Uh, I go. Uh, I always uh, g- get a little. Um, uncomfortable is the wrong word, but like, I'm not gonna uh, lie. Where I'm like, oh, we're putting Christian in a position where he's gonna ask really hard questions. How are they gonna react? <laughs> was that was that necessarily was that necessarily the case? Uh, well, they, they negated it. They negated it a little bit by putting us all in group interviews. So I only yeah. really had the chance to ask like one or two questions. Right. Um, right. And I say that saying that like you're you're incredibly good at your job kind of thing yeah but it's one of those things where like you never know if that you know potentially changes the tenor of a weekend or something so oh well it was so i'll be honest uh i i guess i can say this here uh so one of the advantages that so you know there were six u.s journalists who went like total 
Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of our group interviews was with a much larger group of Latin American journalists. Mm -hmm. And because of like the disparity of that, um, the Latin American journalists got the bulk of the questions in both mm -hmm. interviews. And while um, the U.S. journalists are all, you know, we're all pretty experienced uh, folks. Right. And we understand, I, I think our audiences are a little bit more focused on right. Pokemon stuff. Like a lot of the Latin American questions were like really broad questions. Um, and so it was like, oh, where do you see Pokemon going next as a brand and stuff like that? And, you know, like they were good. I'm sure they are good questions. Right. And there's a lot of questions like where when is like the Pokemon, you know, worlds coming to Latin America? Sure. Um, and the answer is not anytime soon. Um, but like they were kind of like ah, that. That doesn't really help me with any of the articles I want to write. Um right. But we uh, so this year uh, we we got two really cool interviews. We got to interview the game director of the Pokemon TCG, and mm -hmm. he was great. And we actually got to ask him a lot more questions. Um, where uh, I asked him like two or three questions in that interview, but like the U.S. journalists, we decided um, to try to like pull our resources together to maximize our questions. Um, and so like I was asking, I asked about. Um, Basically, if they, you know, had to go and do Charizard cards every year and he dodged that part of the question, he was also very good at dodging questions. Um, but he did say that one of the things that the Pokemon card, card game tries to do is they try to give Pokemon who don't get the spotlight in other pillars of the franchise, like a way to shine. So they he like mentioned Pumpkaboo, where Pumpkaboo mm. right now is seeing play in a lot of decks because... Uh, Pumpkaboo has an ability when you play it, it allows you to discard stadium cards. And so it's mm. a good way to like clear out stadium cards. So Pumpkaboo is in a lot of these, um, like, you know, the Mew decks and the Gardevoir decks just as a, as a counter card. Um, and that's, that's really interesting. Um, so that was a cool interview. And he like talked about uh, another question he talked about was he talked about like what, what, what cards he hated the most and like everybody else, he hated Seismito DX um, like he too hated that card. Uh, um, <laughs> um, and he was very surprised. Uh, another really weird thing that came out of that interview and something that we, I still need to run, you know, write an article about. They only hi have 17 play testers for the Pokemon trading card game. Oh, wow. So they they hi have, they're now unlike, you know, other like R and D games that's 17 full-time play testers. So they have 17 people whose only jobs it is to play test. To just and, try and, and play, to play the game and try and break it. Yeah, yeah. And they literally sit in the corner of creatures. We saw where they sit. They literally just sit in the back corner and they're playing and they actually have access to every Pokemon card game, uh, every Pokemon card ever made. They literally have them in drawers and they pull out and they build decks like weird ass decks and then they try to break the game. Hmm. But there's only 17 people. So... One of the interesting things is occasionally, while they know like what direction like the meta is going to go, they didn't anticipate one of the really popular cards right now is Cresselia, and um, or not uh, Cresselia. Uh, it's not popular now. Um, no, Cresselia is popular because it runs with the Gardevoir deck. So they didn't expect that interaction. Mm -hmm. um, and like Mega Audino EX. Um, they didn't think that card was going to be really good either, but it's a perfect counter to Night March, which was one of the dominant decks at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, and then the other person we interviewed was the COO of the Pokemon company, who is probably the highest ranking person will probably ever get an interview. <laughs> um, uh, and he he did a good job of very good do job of dodging questions but we well, i mean that's where you got the gold quote on them probably slowing down game releases yeah that was that was christian hoffer that was that all sure me was. that was that was a christian hoffer well the funny thing about that interview um when we were under the um we believed that that interview was going to be game related. And so mm -hmm. once again, because we knew we were interviewing with um, like the, the larger Latin American group, we knew we would only have time for a couple of questions because there's translation, you know, they translate back and forth. And so the, all the U S journalists, we sat around and we 
came up with a list of questions we wanted to ask. And we're like, okay, this is going to be our question list that we're going to pull from. So if you get called on, here's what we think we can get the articles on. Like, you know, we, we like talked about this beforehand because we're like, we're not going to get crowded out. You know, otherwise, if we just, you know, and this allows us to ask follow up questions if we can, you know, right. if they, they give us something good. And then they come in, they're like, oh, by the way, let's talk about the wider brand, not like Scarlet and Violet. So we had a lot of questions about Scarlet and Violet that we wanted to ask. And one of them was like technical issues involving Scarlet mm-hmm. and Violet. And so I reworked that question to be like, let's talk about the brand. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, so I pivoted on that one. We got a good answer out of it. Um, and it yeah. was, it was, you know, that was, that was a surprising admission in and of itself. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was pretty cool getting to do those two interviews. Um, and it was, it was, it was interesting to see how different people thought about the Pokemon, uh, franchise and stuff like that. And like, a co- we got to interview, um, some illustrators that are involved with the Pokemon card game, which that was really interesting as well. And it's kind of funny. Remember how we, when we interviewed uh, Ryan Miller from Disney Lorcana, how yep. they talk about how they come up with like the card rarities and the card mechanics mm-hmm. kind of first. And then they, you know, pick out the characters kind of like to match sure. sort of what they want to do and tweak things to kind of make the character and the mechanic make sense together. Um, it's the opposite for Pokemon. So they come. Oh, up with, interesting. They, they, they pick come up Pokemon, with Pokemon first. first. Yeah. They pick out which Pokemon they want to focus on and then they figure out moves. <laughs> Do you think they like sit in a room and like the guy who, who raises their hand and says, uh, Charizard. Do you think like the, it's that, that meme where they just like throw them out of window? the window. <laughs> <laughs> haven't done a Charizard card in about six months. <laughs> Sales are down. Print more Charizards. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Cool. Well, it sounds like you had a great time. You got a bunch of great stuff out of it. So insanely jealous. We'll forever be jealous, but glad glad it was you. And we're going to um, Honolulu next year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that. with that, we'll oh we'll we'll just gotta do the Pokemon fact of the week. This one's a stupid one, lame one. Oh yeah, we're talking about Chimchow, right? Yep. Is it Chimchow or is it Chimchow? Uh, Chimchow, it is definitely Chimchow. Is it Chime Cho? <laughs> Very much Chime Cho. I'm just, I don't even know why I call it Chim Chow. Because I mean, because in my head <laughs> for like a while, those, I thought um, it was Chim Chow. One of those Sonic, um, what's the Sonic things? Like the, the, the goofy little like chaos creatures. Well, now Cameron's saying it's Chime Echo. There's no way it's Chime Echo. It could be Chime Echo. Is it Chime Echo? Chime Echo? That, that makes I mean, even I can more see sense. Chime Echo, but that. Well, now that now Chime, I fun. like Chime Cho better. Um, uh, Chime Echo makes sense. So it's really funny. So because it's a sound uh, you know, Pokemon. Uh, the the uh, the 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 you know obviously they're based off of uh, wind chimes. You yep. know it's in the name, but you know it's very specifically like the the design of it is like very specifically like a Shinto. The uh, wind chime thing, where it's like a single bell with a large piece of paper or um, you know other wind catching type of device, and you see them all through Japan. I actually bought one for my wife for our anniversary um, while I was over there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really the only cool thing about ch- chime echo or chime cho or however you say. Uh, the thing, the, the, I didn't realize that the thing on its head was a suction cup. Yeah, yeah, because it it's got to stick to something. I guess I thought it was more like, like it would like sit on a thing. Like, like if it was like a forked branch or something, then like the bulb would. Oh, you thought it it uses that to kind of like. Right. To keep itself. Right. I guess I can see that. I I do like the fact that it like has like seven cries because, you know, that's one for each of the um, like chords. Um, Yeah you know, or not chords, notes. Uh, I, that, that one is, I think is pretty interesting, but, um, yeah. And also the thing, obviously that, you know, the, the hangy part of, uh, the, the Pokemon is its tail. That's not a like piece of paper. That is actually just a tail. Yeah. It's like, yeah, a, it's a weird, but it's like a flange though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's goofy. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird, weird, goofy Pokemon. Yeah. Um, and it also, also it's a carnivore. 
Is it? I thought it said yeah. it eats berries. It eats berries, but it also knocks out prey using oh. its um uh yeah, it 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 uses its it uses its supersonic cries to go and um like kill things and then it eats it. So, you know, when can you just imagine you're walking through the woods and you see a dead like star raptor or something like that and it's being scavenged upon by a bunch of these chime chows <laughs> well is is it is this pokemon one of the like rare few that got a backwards well i got chingling um, right but chingling came after Oh, yeah. So we're not actually talking. Oh, I guess we are. Yeah. Chingling is a baby Pokemon. It's a Gen 4 baby Pokemon. Yeah. It's kind of like Munchlax, you know, or uh, Mantike. I just pulled up a picture of Chingling and honestly did not realize parts of its body that made it now make more sense that it's a baby Pokemon. I never considered um, Chingling a baby Pokemon. Yeah, no, it's definitely a baby Pokemon. But like now I see it. The little dots are its eyes and it's got yep. like the small. I thought the big dots on its cheeks were its eyes. And like the two little dots were like nose holes. Huh. But now that I'm seeing it blown up, I'm like, oh, no, that makes more sense that those little things in front are feet and it's got little hands. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like a like a weird little fish thing. And so the eyes on the side were like the, the bigger spots on its side were were eyes. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> let's yeah, let's that is certainly that's certainly uh a way to interpret that Pokemon. I what would be it? fascinated one day to see your like Rorschach tests. <laughs> Like, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, here's a picture of God, a horse. I literally, it's, like, it's a half of a centaur um, with a weird head. I always thought that, that the Chingling was a fish. Uh, this is blowing my mind right now. <laughs> it's very clearly a balance in the name. <laughs> the fish. The Look, it's Gen, it's, it's first Gen 4 Sprite compared to its Gen 8 Sprite. Two very different things. I, God. Okay, now now gotta look at these sprites. What? Yeah, because in Gen Eight it's standing on its feet. In Gen Four it's not, and it's so small. I mean, it's still basically it is still standing on. No, its feet. it looks it's like a it looks like a fish. It's slightly to the side, but and the, the tassel things were its were, were its tail. I mean, the tassel things are <laughs> Christmas its tail. is coming. I'm, I'm jingle like, bitch. what is even happening? <laughs> Right now, like I'm, I feel like I'm having an out of body experience <laughs> over the chingling. Um, oh, and I get it. It's supposed to look like a bell. Yes, because it's chingling. <laughs> yes. Okay, we're ending this episode. I've avoided this Pokemon at all costs because I thought it was a stupid fish. I can't stand. So anytime it came up, I just never caught one. And this is. <laughs> This is weirding me out. Well, then I thought Chimeco was a fish, like it was a was a fish too. What? Because I just because I assumed its thing was like a tail, and it was just a like a jellyfish in a way. Okay, oh, my I am th- wow. th- my whole world. Wow, is rocked right now. Wow, just wow. Well, if you'd like to find ways to support the show. Uh, head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Tell us what Pokemon you thought was one thing and turned out to be another, because I know I'm not the only one. Okay? I know I'm not the only one. You know, like, it, it, now that I'm thinking about it, it like, all makes it Rorschach tests when... Look, you're going to remember those... The sprite for, for, for Jingling is so small. All right, and that's what that's what I'm going with. Anyway, uh, we haven't uh, we're at August 21st, and we haven't had a review at all this month. So, someone please leave a review. And well, if we read it on the air, we'll send you a sticker. 
uh, just email pokemonpodcb at gmail.com if we read it on the air and we'll send it out a whole bunch went out so a bunch of folks are or should be getting them soon and then if you want to follow us on uh get on get involved on discord the link to discord you can find on our twitter or x or whatever it's called now which i feel like is the joke that everyone it's not really a joke it's the statement that everyone keeps saying because no one knows what to call it anymore because formerly known yeah right yes at Pokemon Pod CB is the user account there. You'll find a link to the Discord as well as links to all of the news that we put out on the Pokemon front. But there's a bunch of great, bunch of great stuff going on there. So definitely check it out. Otherwise, you can find me at Jim Viscardi, Christian's at Seahoffer C Bus, and Megan is at Megan Peter CB. I almost forgot it for a second. And that's it. We'll see you next week, folks. Peace. <laughs>